Dan Christofferson, Secret Handshakes and New Beginnings. Welcome to episode 22 of Local Masters. Each episode of Local Masters, we take a look at what's next in business, culture, and creativity with a thought leader in their field. Real Thread does this because we believe it can help you be a master wherever you are. Dan Christofferson, full-time artist, sometimes businessman, Dan has found a way to merge a distinct American perspective with fine art and popular design. From Salt Lake City, he put his name on the map with his incredible design at B-Teeth and helped launch the very successful Big Cartel. He's now based in Brooklyn, New York, doing amazing work alongside the talented Dan Casero of Young Jerks. Christofferson's work harkens back to signet rings, clandestine meetings, and handshakes only known by the shadowy elite. It's a focus on a gray zone that's somewhere between history and myth. This episode, we talk about that. But we also talk about the gray zone he entered, going from design to business and back to design. This journey, it's it's tinged by many things, but it's most affected by the city from which he came. You know, Salt Lake City, the the city of buffalo skulls and survivors and, and stories that few people will ever hear. To begin the podcast, Dan shares one of his favorite stories from the city. Here's Dan. There's this really weird story from Utah history where the first summer, you know, all of these um, pioneers came to the valley and they sort of set up camp and started figuring out, like, how are they going to feed themselves through this winter? Um, you know, Utah is a desert, but it's a high desert, so it gets a lot of snow and it's really cold in the winter and you, you can't just live camped out in a wagon. You know, you have to, like, set up shelter and, like, start planting crops and everything. So they they hustled and sort of got this like map set up of the city and they started planting these crops. And I guess in the fall before winter hit, their crops were ready to sort of harvest. And these crickets from like the West Desert came to the valley and started eating all their crops, these like big black crickets. Yeah. Um, and they're known as like Mormon crickets. They're pretty brutal if you if you look them up online they have this like big spiny tail on the back of them and so yeah i guess they were just destroying it was like like a, a you know like a f- swarm of locusts that came down and were eating all these crops and they were kind of destroying them and all of these pioneers were like what do we do what do we do i'm sure just like running around so as spiritual people they all prayed in a circle or whatever that god would save them from these um horrible Mormon crickets and the story goes that like the clouds parted and this like huge flock of like white seagulls came down and ate all of the crickets and saved the crops yeah and you know there's like you you walk around downtown and there's like little statues to that story like monuments to it all over and People tell it as if it were just like, this is a fact that happened in the state's history, you know, and like whether or not it happened like that the story is told is in like prayer brought this, you know, flock of white seagulls to save the crops. Um, You know, so I grew up in a culture that talked about those stories as like fact. And there's a bunch of those kind of things, you know? Um, And, and those, 
those sort of things, like when they're presented like that, um, then an artist like me who also loves like illustration, you know, can, can rethink those stories and maybe uh, explain them visually in a way that mixes illustration and fine art where, where the viewer isn't sure is, is this like a graphical representation of a story that actually happened or is it um, a conceptual fine art piece that's like mixing all of these ideas and yeah that's 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 the sort of place I came from and it's it's crazy how, how did that shape you I mean what's the city like yeah it's that's a great question and it, it is a really weird city I, I think um, the more I would travel to other cities and meet with other designers you know, all of us sort of tell our, um, maybe develop our style or tell our story through like where we're from, you know, the history of our city sort of shows up in, in everybody. You know, you talking with Mike Jones, he's got this very sort of like southern, warm, um, bubbly personality. And I, I feel like when you go to his city, you, you pick up on that. You see like, oh, of course he's like this. He, you know, he's from this city. Um, Salt Lake was founded by a group of exiled religious um, people who were trying to get away from like their persecution and just kept traveling further and further west until they finally found this like really cool valley in like the high western desert. They settled the city, they worked really hard, they were sort of known as like the, it was known as like the beehive state because the those early Mormon settlers would like work so hard. People would come through and be like, man, it's like a hive of bees here. They're just always like buzzing around, building things. Um, and there's still sort of a, um, a touch of that culture there still where they're fighting to create something of their own that, that stands apart from the rest of the world, you know. Um, and I think that's leaked through into sort of even just like the cultural things, you know, like the the um, the art culture in Salt Lake. There's a lot of of that. It's like, well, we're we're landlocked. We're not near a major port, which would sort of create make the city bigger than it is, you know, or make it like a cultural landmark. So we have to sort of do our own thing. Um, and so you you experience like a real um, drive to. Uh, create something for ourselves in Salt Lake. Uh, and I think it comes from both like, well, we have to stand on our own two feet because we can't, you know, there's no major city anywhere near us. We're, we're actually locked in this like ring of mountains in the middle of the, of the state. And then also um, there's like a really strong religious um, culture there. And so to compete against that, there's like a really vibrant, artistic counterculture that runs through the whole city so it's yeah it's 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 interesting and, and all of that you know when when your when your state history <clears throat> and the history of this religion are the exact same thing you start to get a lot of the creepy religious stories that creep into like historical uh accounts you know yeah. and and that's where all of these like old symbols and um yeah, like mysterious iconography leak into like, you know, the, the, the state seal is actually like a beehive with bees floating all around it. And that's how that stuff starts to mesh in like a really, what I think is like a really inspiring way. I gave up on time, just like you said you would. There are tiny cracks of light underneath me and you say that I'm wrong. 
how did you move from design to heading up marketing at a, at a company like Big Cartel? So I worked at a, at a studio in Salt Lake for about six years called Struck. It, it was really good, and Struck was great. You know, in the beginning, it was a really small agency that did did some cool work. But I, I think, like a lot of those things, they did really s- great work and were very successful. And they grew and they grew. And you know, around thirty or forty employees, you feel less um, like you're part of a team, and you feel mm-hmm. less like you're doing the work you wanted to do in, in in the beginning. So I actually grew up with the two founders of Big Cartel. Um, and you know we would go to lunch together, and they actually designed and and founded and launched Big Cartel while they were working at Struck. Really, um, Big Cartel was just like this fun project they were doing on the side, and you know they would leave their day job and then go home and like work on this thing all night, and then come back tired in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would watch them build this thing and think like, man, that's they're doing it, like they're making this thing they want to make. Um, they don't have any expectations of this thing turning into a, a massive like internet startup company or whatever. Mm. They're just making this cool product for like bands and artists to sell shit online, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, after my sort of five or six year itch started happening, I I, uh, I was talking to him and I said, I think I'm maybe just going to jump to like pure freelance. And he was, you know, in that same conversation explaining like, yeah, we're we're about to hire like new employees over here too like this is an actual company now and he was mentioning like one of their biggest issues is telling their story mm. so as founders and the people who built it they were way too close to it to be able to like accurately step back and and be excited about what they had done because their inclination was to say like well it's it's cool but it will be cooler just wait a minute like we're working on something behind the scenes you know they were too close to it and and in the meanwhile, I had already had a store and was selling my own personal projects on there. I had, you know, like prints and I had some like posters that I had screen printed and t-shirts. And I was already being sort of an ambassador on like a small scale in Salt Lake City to other artists around me. And so he sort of mentioned like, well, why don't you come work with us and help us like tell this story? Um, and, you know, you can sort of figure out your own formula of like personal time to big cartel time and decide how best to like market your own brand and it was weird and made me nervous at the beginning because in the end it was sort of marketing you know we didn't know it at the time but it was kind of like Mm. you're telling the story of, of a company you admire in a unique way and so I you know, after giving it some thought, I did it, and it it was amazing. What it did for me, I think, is it gave me the chance. Uh, I, I still did design and illustration for Big Cartel, most of the like community-facing um, visuals or, or design. I was the one who either directed it or handled it myself, so I I still got to sort of like scratch that itch. But on the other hand, I was a working artist, so mm. it it made sense for me to still have my B teeth good and design on the side and still keep like an illustration practice going um, but also focus for a few years on like fine art specifically like refining my painting skills and selling like paintings in galleries and working with you know um, commissions and things like that and and with those things on the side I could be a better ambassador for Big Cartel I could speak to the community of people doing that same thing and say like yeah here's my store and here's 
how I'm promoting my products. And um, so, so it just, yeah, it made sort of perfect sense. And we created just a role for me um, and, and it, and it worked really well. Um, I think, uh, I think the next issue was sort of like, at what point was I, was I done with it? Um, you know, and that, and that came up after a while where the company had grown. Um, I still fully support it and love everything they do there. But again, it was like time for me to maybe step back. I was in like the leadership team at Big Cartel and you know, that's, that's a lot of work and there's a lot of, um, you know, they, they care so much about the company and the employees that there's a lot of like meetings every day to sort of like, how do we make this a better company? You know, how do we build better um, policies for our employees? And um, so after a while, I realized like so much of my heart is still in that like day to day, just like mm. hand on a mouse making cool shit. Um, and that's where my talks with Dan came in and was like, Hey, I'm, I gotta get back in this. I gotta, I gotta design every day. And, and so we, we decided to partner up and that's sort of where the next step came in. Yeah, man. Yeah. Brooklyn's pretty different than Salt Lake, but you seem built for it like in all the best ways. Um, do you feel more like an outsider in Brooklyn or in Salt Lake city? Um, right now in Brooklyn, definitely. I, just because like from the simplest um, side of it, like I don't know my way around as much. I don't know where has like the good sandwiches and I don't know, you know, um, so I, I feel, I feel like I'm still sort of like walking behind the cool kids to sit at lunch and figure out where to go, you know? And then um, I think the other side of that is like, they're, you know, the, the people I'm surrounded by now are so talented and have this like really great roster of clients and know how to deal with them. And, you know, I'm coming from it, like having a few years off and now coming back to like that design. So mm. <clears throat> I feel like an outsider there. Um, so my, my way of overcoming that is like, you know, like thinking like, what would I do in my studio in Salt Lake right now? Like what kind of weird shit what I draw you know and like yeah. I'll give myself I'll give myself a few minutes to draw those things uh, or sketch on like the train on my way to work or something and like center myself again and sort of remember like who I am and what um what I do and and then let those let those like secret uh, or like dessert drawing sessions influence some of my client work and be like hey they hired you for you. Like, be yourself. Don't don't try and be somebody else. And so that's that's a weird pressure that I'm I'm slowly trying to overcome with this new move. Does I mean does that suck though? Like, is that tough? Because I mean you you were the guy. You know, you it's not like you were like king yeah. of Salt Lake City, but like you're the guy, and now you're just a guy. Like, and 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 that yeah. doesn't mean you're bad, but it's I mean, is that weird being in that position? Yeah. Yeah, it it is weird, and e even with simple things like, you know, in in Salt Lake, I was you know I would walk around the city where the roads are very wide, and like it was very clear if somebody was a tourist because they would be looking at street signs or figuring themselves out, you know. And and there, it was really easy to be like walk up and say, "Hey, are you looking for something?" and be like, you know, <laughs> smile at everybody and yeah. ask people how their day is. And um, I've had to adjust that here, where you don't like look 
a stranger in the eye and smile at them just to let them know, you know. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 I think I'm generally uh, a kind of an extroverted person, so I get a lot of energy from that, like meeting strangers and finding something in common and helping them out and like sharing like a story with somebody that I'll never meet again. Um, and so putting headphones on and sitting on a train full of strangers and not being able to do that has been really weird for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to engage with somebody and, and just like, Hey, <laughs> we're all in this weird experience together. You yeah. know, like let's help each other figure out this train situation or whatever, but that's just not the culture here. And I have to sort of accept that. Um, so that's, so every once in a while we'll just bring my son on the train with us and he can, as a kid, as a toddler, he can sort of interact with people and bring strangers out of their shell. And then I can jump in and be like, hey, what's up? What's your story? How's it going? <laughs> what's the best advice you received as you were leaving Big Cartel? Yeah. Um, th so the I, I sat down with the founders when I told them like, hey, I'm leaving and I'm partnering up with my buddy and we're going to do this. Um, and even though I think it meant like a crazy few months for them, right, where they had to like hire my replacement and figure out like what direction will marketing go in, at the big cartel, um, and it and it probably meant some like sleepless nights for them. I don't know, but they still were like, you know, they totally got it. They realized how important that was for them to build their own thing, to follow that all the way through and see what it did. Mm -hmm. So they you know right away just said like we get it you have to do this you have to see it all the way through and we fully support that idea so i think just that that uh, you know maybe was sort of indirect advice but like how important that was that they built their own thing and how successful it was 10 years later and that they um they encouraged me to do that you know mm. and then i think like one of the other things that was that was really cool and i think is will be good for my family is, um, you know, moving to a city with just more diversity in general, I think has, has been really good for us. You know, like I, um, I think just having us experience different cultures and languages, you know, like my wife speaks some Japanese and I speak German and, mm. um, being able to even already use both of those in the few weeks that we've been here, you know, like I think there's a bunch of, really cool things about a big city like this where everybody you meet is from somewhere else typically and comes from a different culture but they're all sort of like New Yorkers in a sense they've made it here they figured it out they're alive you know uh, and so I think experiencing that that diversity and, and um, letting it sort of influence our the next phase of our life has been has been really good yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. I, I imagine that diversity also lays heavy on the work you're doing. Um, now that you're available to do whatever you want, if you could do any project for free, what would it be? Like, what's a bucket list project for you? I think it would actually probably be something sculptural. Um, I, you know, in my in my own like bee teeth goods, I've um, I've I've worked mostly on flat pieces, you know, these like pennants and and banners and a lot of the illustrations for like client work. Obviously, like even if they're printed, they're all very flat, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I think 
I think it would be cool to be the designer or, or illustrate something that was sculpted or molded. So I would hand it off to like a jewelry maker and be like, here's this four-headed wolf ring that you have to sculpt from my drawing, you know, and then we would work sort of back and forth on these pieces. And then I could obviously help finalize like the packaging for that whole product. But helping design something sculptural, I think would be really fun. Um, I, I very rarely see my work in any sort of dimension so it would be cool to think about that and then I think the other thing would be illustrating pieces for um, that would have some motion in them you know some sort of like illustration that would be animated um, I've also very rarely seen anything I've done be um, yeah animated and I think that would be really cool to design for that and specifically think about the motion and how all the pieces would sort of work that would be a really fun project man i would love that I, so I, you know like obama holler at your boy <laughs> nike holler at your boy uh european union the world holler. yeah, yeah. yeah. we see you we see you over there switzerland yeah <laughs> switz, switz whole we need we need whole just states going, just calling yeah i'm thinking small you know nike and obama and i'm just going bigger like yeah we need a world flag. You know we need that. We need a world flag, yeah. <laughs> I would do an amazing world flag. And then like a secret decoder ring for the world, you know, like oh, all the leaders man. of the world have. Yeah. Let's say we we're going to have like a high five or a handshake for the world. What would that look like? Would it just, would we keep it simple or would we make it pretty complex? It would be really complex and I know exactly what it would look like. Okay. Um, I when anytime I'm with like a group of people and we all try and do that, I, I'm, I make this happen. So everyone puts like their right hand in. And so if you think about it, like all these right hands are all lined up and then you just kind of curl it a little bit. So you can have like 30 right hands swirled in like, and then you can just sort of like shake it up and down. And it's a great handshake to do with a million people all standing around. Oh my gosh. You, just, you know? Yeah, and would that make, I guess I'm trying to imagine with a million people, would that make a circle that like maybe Michael Jackson could stand in the center of and like sing the new oh, anthem shit. of Earth or something? You're going to get some tears out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to yeah. Oprah me. Yeah, this it's is working. This is my manipulation part of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Michael is- Jackson would be on the shoulders of Muhammad Ali and he would sing the new anthem yeah. with, the, with the Dakota ring raised to the sky. Mormon Jesus would shine a light down on it. And It'd be great. <laughs> Everyone would rise from the dead. You'd be like, this is great. Yeah. This is cool. Who helped this happen? And yeah. Like, Boy, B-Teeth over there did this. <laughs> B-Teeth. Did design. Mormon. Came up with the handshake. Mormon crickets are coming down, but then suddenly birds. I think it's, man, I think this is a, this is a pretty strong thing, man. Wow. I'm, yeah, I think we have a we have a good connection. I think we should scrap this podcast. I'll quit doing this podcast stuff for Real Thread. You talk to Dan, you know, keep that on side. Yeah. I think we have a little thing, you know. This will be re- we'll, we'll we'll rethink the ending of the world together. Yes, yes, I think yeah. there's a couple things. We'll call up everybody in ISIS and be like, "Just relax, you know, this whole apocalyptic hey, thing it isn't it isn't working <laughs> with the with the the people." Resident of the world, if you're listening, I need you to know that you can find Dan and hire him at bteeth.com. And and we need you to. The whole world does. Because, man, if we end up with some bozo flag, 
I'm out of here. But on the real, Dan, I'm I'm hoping we get a flag from you real soon. And, and I'm so thankful for you coming on. You're a great artist, and you're just the best, dude. Um, all of you listening, please check out his stuff. His site is bteeth.com, but you already know that. Um, thank you for listening. We love being able to share these thinkers with you each week. And if you're enjoying this, it would be great if you subscribe to the podcast and shared it with your friends. If you don't know who Real Thread is, visit our site at realthread.com. We make the finest screen printed apparel in the world and would love to work with you. We have another podcast coming up, but until then, keep on making things that matter. We'll talk to you soon. Baby, would you stay a while?